nights, we may not preach at all. Maybe we'll just have testimonies and we just never get to it. And that's okay. It's really good, actually. Um, and uh, so, but tonight, um, just a few hours back, it seemed good to us in the Lord that um, Susan Folkler would be sharing something with you. <laughs> so let's honor Susan as she comes up and open your heart to her. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> and I'm actually, okay, I, okay I'm just going to be honest about this right here. <laughs> um, when I think about myself a few years back, when I first started preaching, uh-huh, I'd be working on it for months, okay? And redoing it and redoing it and redoing it. And it'd be all written out, you know, eight pages long. And I'd have it with me up here because, you know, I was sure I was going to blank out in the middle of it of everything. And honestly, I would blank out sometimes. So I needed that piece of paper. I needed my little, my little Dumbo's feather. <laughs> I really did. Um, but I think over time and over this place of, of really believing I'm with people who believe in me. And if I, even if I fall on my face, you'd still be for me. I think that's helped me get to that place of Okay, if I run out of things to say, I run out of things to say. Forget what I'm doing. I, it's what it, Yeah? So I've gotten more comfortable and relaxed. So today, I have one little piece of paper. <laughs> so I want to encourage that any of you who, like, are terrified of speaking. In front, like, you'd like, I love to share sometimes, but I'm so terrified. Um, just keep talking to the Lord about it. He'll work it out in you. Whatever it is your fear, there's an antidote for that, and that is called the perfect love of God. Whatever it is, whatever is that thing you haven't been wanting to face or deal with or address, whatever it is that seems so impossible, there is love exactly that size that God wants to insert into that place in your heart. He can do it for me. <laughs> Believe me, terrified of being up in front of people some years back. Terrified. I would have this mirror in front of me. You're saying such stupid things. They're not listening. They're not interested. The whole time I was feeling like, honestly, I would be feeling like I was under torment when I was up in front. It wasn't much fun. But thank you, Jesus. <laughs> He's doing that in all of us, isn't he? He's so doing that in all of us. He is, because each one of you brings something to the table. Each one of you brings something here. Whether you're standing up in front, whether you're praying on the prayer lines, whether you're doing worship up here, you're all bringing something here, just like Suzanne was talking about earlier. You're all adding, adding. Hey, we're all, whoa, you're adding. Hey, hey, you're all. part of the secret sauce or the special sauce right the special sauce like we heard from life your piece of it and all so good when it's all together it's all together there's this special fragrance that comes up so thank you lord well i'm gonna pray <laughs> thank you lord for um who you are in our midst who you are here you're so faithful to show up for each one of us 
And you are so expanding who you are in every single one, God. We just give you thanks. So I ask tonight you just speak through me and release what you have for each one. Just thank you for um, just the revelation you have, the healing you have, the encouragement you have, the building up you have for every heart. (laughs) In your name, Jesus. So I guess you could put the slideshow on, Aaron. Thank you. There we go. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm talking about that B word thing. Vulnerability. Yeah, that one. And, you know, some of us are like, yeah, vulnerability. How cool is that? And some of us are going, uh uh-uh. And probably most of us are somewhere in between, right? Sounds good, but I don't know. It doesn't always feel good. That's the truth, isn't it? But so, so part of the reason we're pursuing this is we know this is absolutely God's heart. Um, part of it is so we can connect, simply connect with each other. How many of you know it's not very satisfying just to kind of talk on the surface with people and not really get to know their heart? That's not. So we need to, we're learning to just open up and be real and honest and just here's this is who I am. You know, the glory, the hopes, the dreams, the beautiful things, and sometimes the struggles. It's, it's all of that, all of who we are. But the other piece I wanted to share tonight that I felt like God just kind of dropped on me yesterday while I was going for a jog <laughs> is um, how much vulnerability, that willingness to be transparent and honest within our own heart, how intimately that is linked to your destiny, who you're called to be. And I want to tell you, you are not going to be able to engage in your true destiny if you're not going to let God get into the deeper places of your heart because without that it's just going to be hard going it's going to be pushing through self-effort um anyway and so I want to kind of unlock that a little bit open that up and show you how that is it's actually in the scripture don't you love it when you see that (laughs) when you find that discover that so um I guess the first slide, there we go. Yeah, Psalm 139 really talks about this, I think, in depth. This is a Psalm of David. Excuse me. Um, in, In this Psalm, David's just talking about how much the Lord is there. It's almost like he's like being amazed as he kind of goes, goes through this with the Lord and like, you know, God, it really doesn't matter what I'm doing, where I'm at, what I'm thinking. You're there. Dang, you're there. You're there on my best days, on my glory days, on my, my you know, taking, off, taking out Goliath days. And you are there when I am running for my, t- with my tail between my legs days, right? So he had some of those days. He had some of those really messed up his life kind of days. Um, so I'm just going to, let's just look at this. Um, oh Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You've known my down sitting and my uprising. You understand my thoughts from afar. We don't even have to say the words. He knows what's going on inside of there, inside of here. He knows, he knows all of that. There's not a word on my tongue that you don't already know it altogether. 
Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Even the darkness hides nothing from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Everywhere we go, we are already totally exposed to him. He knows it all already. The the catch is we don't know that he knows it all. You see the difference? It's one thing to kind of know theoretically. It's another thing to know experientially. He knows it all, but he does. He knows your worst moments, your worst thoughts, your worst behavior, and nonetheless, he was with you. He was with you. Every moment, every day, he was with you. So we've already established that whole vulnerable, vulnerability thing, vulnerability thing. We're already completely splayed out, displayed, transparent before him. We don't have any choice about that. That's already done, done, done. And then um, even when we were first formed in our inward parts, he knit us together. He knit us together in our mother's womb. And David goes on to say, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret. Before mom even knew she was pregnant, God knew you were there. Before they even imagined they were going to have a baby, even before they were married, before generations upon generations upon generations, he already knew you. He already knew you were there. I'm going to read this one. Um, 139.15, I'm reading from the, um, <clears throat> uh, the Amplified. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret, intricately and curiously wrought as if embroidered with various colors in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. And here's the part where I want to get to regarding how it ties in with our destiny. And in your book, all the days were written before ever they took shape. When as yet there were none of them. Before you ever came into existence, the book of your life, and you can, next slide, yeah. The book of your life was already written. The book of your life, who you are, everything about you, your destiny, your purposes, your, I don't know, personality, maybe all the events of your life already written before you ever came into existence. God knew who you are. He knew who you are. I want to, um, actually, Russ, we have Russ pass out some Pieces of paper, so everybody take a piece of paper. One piece is all you need. We're going to do a little exercise, a little demonstration. One piece of paper, and if you need a pen or pencil, I've got a few of those too. Because I want to tell you something. And God, um, 
God gave me a revelation about this some years back. He talked to me about our spiritual DNA. How many of you know um, DNA, right? We already know about what DNA is. That's what codes for who we are in a biological sense. Double helix, double helix, deoxyribonucleic acid. Each, uh, each of you have that. Each, for each of you, it's unique. For each of you, it came down generational lines. Generational lines going back thousands of years. Your DNA was intentionally brought together. Your biological DNA came down and it makes you uniquely you. And here's a little biology lesson, little biochemistry lesson, I guess. <laughs> um, <clears throat> your DNA in your body is actually locked up in the nucleus. And it is of no use in the body. It's locked up inside the nucleus. It's kind of like all wadded up, really, is how it, it, is, it exists inside of you, in your, inside your body. Of course, at the moment of conception, the DNA, you know, you get the, 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 the egg from mom, you get the sperm from dad, you get the DNA comes together, it's all, and then links up. And, um, but in order for the DNA to be at all useful to the body, it actually has to come out of the nucleus be all unrolled, you know, because it's incredibly long. One strand of DNA, I don't, I don't know how long it is. Probably there's somebody here who has a lot more chemistry knowledge than I do, but really long because it's coding for all these gazillions upon zillions, I don't know, however many genes, lots of genes, lots and lots of genes it's coding for. Has everybody got a piece of paper? Are we there? Okay. So this is what we're going to do. I want each and every one of you, to write down one or two, maybe three dreams of yours. One or two or three dreams, one or two or three things that, and you can keep it very simple, that if you don't, if you, if you look back from the end of your life and you, these things did not get accomplished, you would feel like, um, you weren't complete. Just something that you really want to do before you leave this earth. One thing, something you want to see accomplished, something you want to see done, something that's just in you, something that's just in you. I want to do this. I want to accomplish this. I want to experience this. I want you to write it on the paper. Let's, let's be, you know, you don't have to be any, write it out in detail or very complicated. Just a, one or two, maybe three.
Yeah, these are not going to be turned in, nor do you have to share them. Does that help? You don't have to share them with anybody. You're not going to turn them in. This is for you only. Is that, I should have said that sooner, huh? <sighs> Pressure's off. Okay. All right. We're done. And you can add to it later if you want. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to take that piece of paper. We're going to wad it up like this. You're going to wad it up like this. Come on. Let's work with me here. Now, here's my question to you. Does, can you tell who, what somebody's dream is when you look at a watered up piece of paper like that? You can't. It's all watered up. It's all hidden. It's all hidden. It's like the DNA inside your body. It doesn't do your body any good because it stays inside your DNA because it's all watered up. In order for that DNA to be uncoded, it has to come out of the DNA. It has to have other actions upon it by RNA and messenger RNA and transfer RNA, things I don't remember because it's been too, too long since I knew all that stuff. It has to come out like that because what your DNA actually does is it codes for proteins. It codes. It's the blueprint of who you are. See, those dreams you're hoping for, they're the blueprint. They're the blueprint of your In and of itself, nothing's going to happen with those dreams. They have to be acted upon. They have to be acted upon. They have to be opened up and made available for the heart of your God, of God and your heart to act upon in, together. Because in and of itself, most of us, this is why vulnerability is so important, being willing to expose our heart, open up, be transparent to God and one another. Otherwise, this is what happens with our dreams because we're too afraid to take the risk of letting it show. We're too afraid to open up and even try because we might fail. Somebody might see. It's, it is. It's not without risk. It's, it's scary. But God put it in you. God put it in you. Your DNA can't do anything but make who you are. It's what it's coded for. Your spiritual DNA is coded for your destiny. Your personality, your spiritual giftings and callings, it can't do anything else but that. It's already in you. It's, you don't need to go to another conference. You don't need to read another book. It's in you. It's in you. Your giftings, your callings, the unique flavor of who you are, it's so in you already. It just needs to be opened up, displayed in the light. Yeah. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. And we're going to take a deeper, another look at Psalm 139. So I think this is part of what David was getting to here. It's like, dang, God, before I even knew I existed, you knew who I was. You knew what I was called to do. You knew I was going to be a king. You knew I was going to be, you know, a man after your own heart. You knew I was going to have a few issues. 
nonetheless, you called me to do some amazing, astounding things that only I could do. Dang, wow, that's amazing, God. And at the very end, this is what David said, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know my heart, God. You've got to know my heart. Search me and know me, God. Try me and know my thoughts. I need to know that you know my thoughts. I can't do this alone. I can't do this destiny thing. I can't do this king thing alone. I got to know that you're knowing me. I got to know that you're with me. And 24, and see if there is any wicked way in me. Most translations are wi- say wicked. And Oh, let's move on to the next, sorry, next. There, oh, yeah, I don't have my slides up here, so I'm not even, there we go. No, back one, I'm sorry. Back one, there we go. I just did this in like 10 minutes today, so it's not very, <laughs> there's not much to it, but um, it's perfect, perfect. Um, yes, as we were saying, about the DNA. There it is. There's a slide. See if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me, God, and leave me in the way everlasting. That word wicked, that's not a good translation of the Hebrew. I actually, I have a friend who's a linguistics professor from Cal, and he is, he's told us that there's a lot of words that are not well translated. Because even, even, you know, theologians and all have their own grids and their own um, maybe theology or way of viewing God that they don't always see things as clearly as um, we might think they do because <laughs> we're all human. So um, really it's much better tre- uh, translated. See if there is any hurting or grieving or sorrowful way in me, God. That's what the, that's what the word really means. And lead me and Lead me in the way everlasting. See, a lot of us, what's holding us up, what's keeping us from entering into our destiny is we got some stuff that we get, just keep running up against. We keep running into and we're like, what is it? Do I, I've repented and repented. God, what is it? Why am I stuck here? Why can't I move forward? Why can't I get past this thing? And I think sometimes we have, sor- we have sorrow, we have disappointments, we have discouraging and it's got stuck in there and we haven't known what to do with it. It's like I tried that before and it didn't work so I can't try it again and we get stuck. So I want to show you something. And now we can move on to the next scripture, the next uh, slide. Let's see. And that is Second Corinthians 7. I think it's an important thing and we, we see this in Sozo a lot actually that um, we can get stuck because we have not known how much God really cares for us, even the parts that are hurting inside. We've thought that we've got to somehow figure it out, do it on our own. We haven't realized he cares for you so much. He wants to help you even when those little things, those little tiny things that we think, oh, I should be doing better than this. How many have gotten stuck with something like that? Um, I should know better than this. I should be past this by now. He's like, can I just help you with that? Even that attitude he'd help us with. (laughs) You ever have that thought, I should be doing better than this? Well, he's like, come on, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, shall we? I want to talk to you about that. So here um, is 2 Corinthians 7. 
This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians, and apparently he, it sounds like he must have done something rather pastoral with them, a little word of correction to them, because he's saying to them, even though I did grieve you with my letter, so I guess he, he came down hard on them about something, and I don't know enough about this letter to know the specifics of that, but he's letting them know, I know that hurt, I know those things I had to say to you hurt. But I don't regret it. (laughs) I do not regret it now, although I did regret it, for I see that the letter did pain you, although only for a little while. And in verse 10, he goes on to describe the kind of pain. We can have two different kinds of pain and wounding and hurt in us. One is fruitful, leads to repentance. We all hurt sometimes, you guys. Every single one of us, every single one of us on the elder team, we sometimes have days where we're hurting a little bit through something we're going through, family, friend, whatever. Some, we have those days. We all do. Um, but there's another way we can hurt where we get stuck. And this is where he's really, this is very, I think, helpful to see the difference. For godly grief and the pain God is permitted to direct produces a repentance that leads and contributes to salvation and deliverance from evil. Godly grief. What's godly grief? Okay, we'll go on, we'll go on to that. We'll dis- talk, discuss that a little more. And it never brings regret. So our society is not very good at doing sadness and sorrow, but he's saying, you know, it's actually godly to have grief sometimes. You lose a loved one, you are going to be sad and bummed for a while. You just are. There's no way around it. That's That's... That's normal, and that's actually healthy. But here's the other kind, the worldly grief. Worldly grief, and he defines that as the hopeless sorrow that is characteristic of the pagan world, is deadly. So this is what I'd like to say about that. Godly grief, I think, is when we go through something sad or hard. We're honest about it. We talk to God about it. We talk to our friends about it. We let him in. We let him in to feel it with us. Yeah, we're vulnerable with him about it. We're honest and transparent about it. The kind of ungodly grief is the kind that we never knew he could care that much to want to be with us in that. And that's the kind that keeps us stuck sometimes. We start feeling ashamed of ourselves. We start feeling embarrassed. We want to pretend it's not there. I should be doing better. I should have a bit more faith. Whatever is going on. And that's the kind of stuff, the place where we can get stuck. Because we're trying to do it alone. Remember Psalm 139? I'll go everywhere with you. I will go to hell with you, God says to us. I'll go to the worst place you could ever imagine with you. This is really hard to get. This is really hard to believe because people, we get the message from people sometimes that it's not okay to go certain places. But God says, I will. I will go everywhere with you. So um, on the next slide, yeah, Russ is, thank you, Russ, Russ and Aaron, my tech support back there. (laughs) <laughs> in a moment, we're gonna. Um, I'm going to actually um, um, just play a song.
that addresses this, that, that is actually where God is ministering his mercy to us and his kindness into that place. So I know some of you may be aware of a place and some of you not. That's all right. So it's um, the antidote is for God's presence to enter into a place that you never knew before. He cared that much that he would be there with you. So I'm just going to pray right now and you can close your eyes. This is like four minutes or something like that. So um, Jesus, I just ask you to help us be aware right now if there's a place inside where we have not yet known you are that interested, you are that tender, you are that caring to be able to go there. We are just, 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 if you, if you want, just say, I am willing, Lord, for you to go there. I am willing to open up to that place that I'd not known you could care about before.
Grace is all we need. Grace. Grace. The things we can't do for ourselves, and absolutely there is grace for those things. There is always grace for you. <laughs> always. And we do. We ask God you would, you would engrave mercy on our heart that we know there is always mercy. We can come running to you anytime there is mercy in your presence, God. Go ahead and... Um, Put the next slide on. Oh, and just in case anybody's interested, that's Hillsong um, Mercy Mercy. Yeah. See, your destiny includes all of who you are. All of who you are. It's not just the part that's gonna, you like people to see and functioning well. It's all of y'all. <laughs> All of who you are is part of who you, who your destiny is to become. The whole of you, not just little part here or little part there, but the whole of you is who he wants and makes up what you're becoming. In Exodus 33, when God told Moses, okay, I'll show you my glory. Remember, he begged and begged him, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. God said, okay, but uh, I'm going to have to protect you from the fullness of my, my glory because it will overwhelm you to see, see his glory, the fullness of who God is, the fullness of his, I suppose you could say destiny in a way, of the fullness of who he is would overwhelm us in its fullness. It is the fullness of his true nature. The fullness of his true nature. It's like the full exposure of who God is. And he said, Moses, you don't know what you're asking for, but I'll show you what you can handle that won't kill you. <laughs> um, some years ago, um, there was a time in worship, and this was kind of during the height of renewal, God did that to me. He, he like, I don't know quite how to explain it, except it felt like he, he took his baby finger and he bared it to me. That's all I know. All I know is I was laying on the floor screaming because I was sure I was going to die. It was terrifying, overloading, overwhelming, amazing, uh, you know what I mean when you get those moments with God and you're like going, I, I like this, but I don't know what, ah, ah, this is too much. It reminds me, I actually asked Karen if I could share this little story. It reminds me of a time when we were in, at Knott's Berry Farms when our kids were young. 
Remember the log? Anybody old enough to remember? I don't know if the log ride's probably not even there anymore, but way back when, the log ride. She was maybe, I don't know, seven or eight or something. Younger than that? Five, six, four? Okay. Was Luke with us? I don't remember. Well, anyway, she was young. And <laughs> the very end of the log ride, there's like, it goes down at the very end. Like, you go up to the top of the little rise. At the very top, she started screaming. And she screamed all the way down to the bottom. But as soon as we got to the bottom, she said, I want to do it again. (laughs) It's like that with God. (laughs) When he bears his glory to us, it's just like that. When the world starts seeing your glory like that, it is going to create awe and wonder. Just like the people... You think about some of the people you can think of in the world who've, who've, who've kind of who've engaged with the fullness of who they are. They leave you amazed. And what, how about Steve Jobs, current day, right? Amazing man. He found his stride in life, didn't he? Uh, what, you know, you name them. I mean, everybody's got their favorites. Abraham Lincoln, throw out a few. Who else? Chuck Yeager? Siri, Yeah. Was he, go, was, he, was he, you know, designed by God to go fast? Sure, why not? Leif Hetland, hey, hey. How about some of the artists you can think of through history that we, are still, we still love that still take us places? Each one of you have that in you. Each one of you have that in you. Each one of you have that in you in your own unique way. Each one of you do. It's wrapped up in there. It's in there. It's in there. And all those people you named, that did not come overnight for them. They had to take risks. They had to take chances. They had to get exposed who they really were. They had to give it. A, they had to try. You know, give it a chance. See how it worked. They didn't know. They did not know. We can look. You can look back on lives and go, dang. They just had it all. They were just amazing and had it all together. They did not know that going in. None of us know that going in how it's going to look. But I tell you right now, who God created you to be will never disappoint you. It's exactly who you're supposed to be. It's in your DNA. It is so in your DNA. It's who you're supposed to be. And you will know it. You will know it. You will go, oh, get that bit in your teeth and you'll be running for it. And you go, this is who I'm supposed to be. Yes. So I want to show you. It's in the scripture. How many of you know you each have glory? And it is not the same as God's glory coming through you. Each one of you in this room has your own glory. Psalm 57. This is what your glory in you can do. This is David again. Uh, Yes, the next slide. Thank you. Psalm 57. Suzanne. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he, he's, I'm, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a little piece of this scripture. Are we doing okay? Yeah, it's about, I guess, yeah, about five till nine. So we've got a few more minutes. Um, this is David. He's, he's struggling some. He says, my life is among the lions. I must, not good lions in this case, I must lie down among those who are aflame, the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows. So David is going through some stuff here. He is being, um, he's, you know, what Saul was after him was trying to kill him for years. So he was struggling. He was out, you know, 
evicted from his apartment, didn't know where the next meal was going to come from, lost his job out shepherding the sheep, right? He was running for his life for a long time. He was going through some things. He understands. And he said, but next, the very next verse, but be exalted, O God, above the heavens. <sighs> Kept his eyes on the one. And then he's back down to, but they set a net for my steps. My very life was bowed down. But then, but then he's like, but my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is steadfast and confident, and I will sing and make melody. And I want you to show you this scripture. Awake my glory, my glory. Awake my glory, my inner self. The true, the true me, the true part of my heart, the innermost part of my being, awake. It says, I will awake the morning. I will awake the sun. I will awake the dawn. You have that in you. I will awake the dawn. He put that in us. He put that in us. The power in you is incredible to become exactly who you're supposed to be when you get engaged, spirit and soul, recognizing the who of who you are. Not the what of what you do, the who of who you are. Because what you're going to do is totally going to be coming out of who you are. You get the who part right, the what's going to follow. Make sense? Yeah. The, world, the world's out there doing all the what stuff, the what, what, you know, doing things, performing, going through the motions. We live from the heart. And I'm just going to close one more scripture. And Brent mentioned this earlier. I guess one more slide. There we go. Last, that should be the last slide. Um, God, and, and Todd was touching on this as well. God wants us to live with our emotions engaged. Our joy, our compassion, our, our passion, our desires, our yearnings. They aren't bad. They aren't bad. We let God into those things. We start allowing his spirit to flow through those things. That's what's going to empower you. It's not going to come from our heads. Our heads help, yes. But how many of you know reasoning and rationalizing and all that? It's exhausting. It's exhausting to leave up, leave, uh, live out of just that. He wants us to be fully engaged. That's how he planned for this thing to happen. John 7, 38, that Brent was quoting earlier, out of your bellies will flow rivers, rivers and rivers and rivers of living water. That is your anointing. If you drink of him, out of your belly will flow rivers. Of, and it is effortless to move with the anointing. Maybe not complete, not completely effortless, but it is not is not hard. It is you're you're running in your grid. You're doing what you know to do. It's it's it brings life. It brings life. It flows with life, and it feels so. And each one of you have that. So I'm just gonna pray a quick prayer, and I know the parents 
need to leave to go get their kids now. But then I'm going to pray, and then after I pray, um, um, earlier I sent out an email and um, actually mentioned it to a few of you who've been on the prophetic teams in the past to come forward. We're going to do a little bit of call-out ministry and um, kind of remind you of who you are, who it is that's wrapped up inside of you. So, Jesus, I just want to bless each and every one of these and who you've called them to be and the unique journey each one is on to accomplish that and see that come into fruition. And I ask for divine grace, God, divine grace for the breakthroughs, divine grace to move past anything that has held you back. To move past anything that has held you back in the past. Grace, grace, grace. Grace to it, mountain of human obstacles. Grace. Where we have been, and just show us, God, when we have been trying to do the same thing the same way and it's not working, would you show us, Jesus, your way of breaking through and making, whoa, this thing, whoa, this thing happened. Oh, your way, Jesus. Open our eyes to see. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that you want to see us in the fullness of the glory you've destined for us more than even we do.